We welcome you to the 2B1 Sportscast with your starting lineup, Clint, Hauser, and Josh. It's showtime. Welcome, everyone, to the first ever episode of our 2V1 Sportscast. Uh, my name is Hauser, and I'm going to be hosting today. Uh, it's, you know, be a fun time with me, Josh, and Clint here. Uh, we started this podcast, just a little background. We started this podcast to be able to still have time to trash talk each other, you know, talk about sports uh, in our busy lives. Um, the reason we came up 2v1 is because of the teams we cheer for. Uh, we all met down at Southern Utah University, became good friends, you know, one one team, the T-Birds we always cheered for, but outside of that, we don't cheer for the same teams. Me and Clint, big Utah Jazz fans, BYU Cougar fans, and then you get Josh, ugh, Lakers fan, ugh, it's hard to say. And a University of Utah fan. Hate is going to hate. <laughs> hate, well, gonna hate. I, I we we like his personality, right? <laughs> what what we always say, we... Only when BYU and Utah are playing, why boo him? <laughs> Josh is special on the inside. <laughs> hey, uh, hey. So one, thing friends. Can, one thing I can say is Utah, the amount, the, the streak, I like to call it, is now up to where it's being baptized. So I just want to point that out there as well. And I want to, we want to be able to continue that up in the double digits. Uh, Hopefully that ends, you know, next week, but we'll see. Well, in this, you know, first episode, we really want to just get down to things and talk about a few things that are happening. And we want to talk about the, some golf right now, the tour championship, you know, the end of the year is coming up and this tour championship. So we'll let Clint take this one over. He's pretty big into golf. So Clint, what do you got to say? Yeah, I've been the last couple of years. I've really gotten into golf and not really playing it that much. I kind of suck when it comes to actually playing it, but uh, <laughs> our, our boy, Tony Finau, I've been following him for years and it's been, it's been, it's kind of sad, you know, it's just like being a jazz fan. They always disappoint you, but, um, <laughs> Uh, he fought, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I never know that feeling. Oh yeah, you know Lakers fans don't. Lakers except for, except twenty twenty, right? <laughs> except for those five years yeah. where they didn't make the playoffs. I mean, they had a rough. Anyways, that's we're not talking about the Lakers right now. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, Tony. Tony finally broke through uh, the first playoff event. The the uh, Northern Trust. He his first win was back in two thousand sixteen, and um, it was. I, I was pumped. Let me tell you, I was watching the whole day and I just got off work and I had it playing in my car. And as soon as Cam Smith hit that shot out of bounds in the playoff, I just started screaming in my car. Uh, like <laughs> you guys know me, you, you, you can imagine what that was like. I was pumped. You uh, know, represent <laughs> Tony Finau's from Utah, isn't he from Salt Lake area? Yeah. He actually uh, went to the same high school as my mom. So that's kind of cool. I mean, obviously years and years apart, but you know, Good old West High School. Represent. <laughs> he's certainly one, th- one thing I will say, he's certainly one of those uprising stars. At least I I remember when he first came on the scene, I was like, who is this guy? And I was just like, who what is this all about? Yeah. But he's he's gonna be one of those guys. 
yeah, I mean, he's he's getting a little older, but he's still young enough, you know, and everyone's been saying as soon as he gets that win, he's going to open the floodgates, and I'm hoping he does, and uh, that win, you know, propelled them into the first in the FedEx Cup playoffs for a second for one tournament, and then Patrick Cantlay won the BMW and took that over, And but he started uh, the Tour Championship today uh, at negative eight, two back of Cantlay. Um, he obviously had a, a rough day, uh, went two over, and he's now negative six and seven back of Cantlay. So uh, he's got a little work Man. to do. Uh, but his his past, uh, he's this is his fifth straight year in the, in the Tour Championship, which is pretty amazing. You know, it's the top 30 people every year, you know, the top 30 uh, players with FedEx Cup points. So this is his fifth straight year. His first year, he tied for seventh. Uh, in 2017 and 2018, he tied for 15th. He had a solo seventh place in 2019. And then last year, uh, he uh, got 17th. So uh, the one thing, though, I want to ask you guys uh, about is the way they do the starting uh, strokes now. Uh, the reason they did that, uh, I don't know if you know before, someone else, someone could win the Tour Championship, but not win the FedEx Cup someone with the most points could still win the FedEx cup. And in 2018, when Tiger won his 40th, 40th, wow, that's way too low. 80th, uh, tournament, Tony Finau almost won the FedEx cup without even winning that year. And so then they brought this new system in where once you get to the tour championship, they have starting strokes where, Number one in the FedEx Cup standing start at negative 10, and then it goes down to negative 8, negative 7, negative 6, and so on. And since uh, there was a lot of controversy over that when that first came out, and there's still a lot of people that hate that system. Uh, in 2019, Justin Thomas came in as number one. Mac- uh, Rory McIlroy won that year and came Rory. back. <laughs> came back, for, won his second FedEx Cup, and he, w- he started at negative 5 that week and came back and won. Uh, and then last year, Dustin Johnson started at negative 10 and he won it. So what are your guys' thoughts on the way they do the playoffs now? Like the tour championship with the starting strokes. I mean, I'm going to just start off and say, I, I like it. Um, I, I watch golf, um, enjoy playing it more than watching, obviously like the sand, like the water a little too much when I play, but <laughs> need to bag full of balls as I go around because I lose them all. But they're they're definitely it's definitely a fun sport to play and get out with the, the boys and you know, be out. But I've been watching it more and I think this is a good way to like bring in your younger generations. Like sometimes they just I don't follow golf enough to like know who's leading in FedEx points and who's better at this and who's better at that. But when you come down and like, okay, right, tour championship doesn't matter where you're you were where you are going this is it like you have the lead because you did better throughout the year but if you win this you're you know officially the best player in, of the year and so I like this obviously don't like that Tony Finau didn't do great um but you know he, he still, still got, has a chance he, he still got three days I mean yeah he's seven back but he, it's golf. You never know what can happen in golf. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I still think John Ram is, has the best chance of 
taking over, man. He's been I've watched him play and he's been playing well. Really well. Yeah, he went negative so, five today and he's only two back, so that's well, Yeah, I think he's I think he's gonna go there. Yeah, but if, we'll see. If he wins at all, I think he's the player of the year for sure. Uh the one thing that I've thought about with with this system and I've heard a lot of people say it is that when the people that are complaining about the starting strokes and everything is the, in any other sport, you can play the best, be the best team all year long and get that starting, you know, seed or whatever, but it's whoever's playing it the best when it comes to the playoff time, you know, the best team during the playoffs wins the championship. I mean, injuries, all that stuff in other sports, but if you look at it, the jazz this year, Number one in the NBA, they did not take advantage of that, right? The Bucks in years past did not take advantage of being number one team in the NBA. And so it's whoever's playing the best when the playoffs come around. And that's kind of the system they have now is it doesn't matter how well you play during the season. It might put you in the position to have a good seed, but it's whoever's playing the best. You know, Tony Finau was 17th in the FedEx Cup standings when he won at the Northern Trust it vaulted him to the number one spot and he ended up being number two coming in, right? It's the highest he's ever been. And it's just because a lot of people think, Oh, it's because he played one, he won one event, you know, but he's playing the best golf right now, you know? Well, you also need to give someone an advantage. Like when playoffs come around, you know, you get home court advantage. Like there's an advantage playing at your home place and with golf, you don't really get that. (laughs) Like, there's no yeah. advantage that yeah. way, and so you have to give them some kind of strokes. We can see we see this every day. I mean, one bad shot, you're you lose, you know, two three strokes. You hit it in the water, you know, there's a few strokes. You, you don't hit it right, you know, hit it in the sand. There's a few strokes. Like it really does. Like even though you have that advantage, like that you earn that, but you still have to be playing your best, you know, best golf to win this. Yeah. So. And how the tour championship used to be, they all started at even, even the number one player in the FedEx Cup standings, you know, and he didn't necessarily have an advantage. So I, I kind of like it. I mean, I remember Hauser when it first came out, I texted you about it and I'm like, this is kind of weird. I don't know if you remember that. And we were talking about it. And I, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I wasn't sure about it, but now that they see, see, and I don't think the players were either. And now that they've had two years to play in that system, I think they're just, they're like, this is how it is. And we're going to go out and play golf. So. Yeah. Well, all oh, go ahead, Josh. All I know, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I'll let you finish what you're saying. I was just gonna say, I mean, if Josh keeps going to the driving range as much as he does nowadays, <laughs> we're gonna be seeing his name up on that leaderboard. As soon as uh, once, once, once my knee gets to gets close to 100 as it can, it can't really twist my knee that well so far, but it's getting there. But I'll voice my opinion on this. I mean, I've at least for me, I start playing golf more. A big factor in that is I have a father-in-law who basically golfs at least once a week. So shout out to my father-in-law out there, Brian Johnson, shout out. So, but at least as far as my knowledge and just my understanding of what's being talked about so far is I like this setup and a big factor in how I feel about this is basically any, it's anyone's game. When you look at the past, um, you know, the FedEx Cup and all these other um, 
rounds that are happening, it doesn't matter, you know, how well you've done in, you know, the FedEx Cup or whatever. And so, but you're put in a standing where you have 10, minus 10, minus 8. And so you're being put in a spot. And so come that final round, it's it's showing, you know, who's the big dog, who's going to make, who's going to keep the momentum, who's going to, who's going to put on their big boy pants and just have that confidence to be able to do what they can do. And definitely, you know, John is one of those guys that he just came out of nowhere and he just had one of the best, you know, rounds out there. And Tony, I mean, it's, I was really rooting for Tony, but he, you know, we always have bad, bad rounds of golf and that was a bad time for him to have that bad round. And I think, and there was only one other player that actually shot worse than him. So it's, it's sad. Could he bounce back? He'd have to have real solid rounds. Like I'd say the next two or three rounds, he would have to have solid two or three rounds for him to get back. Yeah. There's, there's only three rounds. So hopefully the third round, like if there is three rounds, (laughs) he, he comes back. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Josh, that, you know, John Rahm, I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere because John Rahm's been right there all year long. And he's had some of the worst, the worst things happen to him. <laughs> the, what yeah, happened to him? The, worst luck, the thing that happened, the worst luck ever. The thing that happened to him at the Memorial, that was just ridiculous. And Patrick Cantley was the beneficiary of that winning that tournament. And then he couldn't play again because of COVID in the Olympics. And, but look what he did coming out of the Memorial. He went and won the, U.S. Open, I think it was, right? U.S. Open, PGA Championship, one of yeah. the two. Yeah. And, you know, and he had that in the Northern Trust in, his, in the bag until he let Tony catch up with him and win it. So uh, out of anyone that Tony can't get back up there, I think Rom is, would be my choice to win the Tour Championship. Yeah, if I had to, if I had to pick, at least as far as momentum, because I'm a big, I'm a big uh, believer in momentum is everything. At this rate, if John Ram keeps everything up, he he can pull this off. Oh, well, maybe we'll see the guy from Spain pull it off. Always got to cheer, you know, hometown USA. But John's looking good this time. Yeah, um, and I'm not a big fan of Patrick Cantlay, so. <laughs> anything goes in golf. Anything can literally happen. I mean, that, that's what's anything. fun about it. Patrick Cantlay's performance at the BMW was insane, and I will give him that. But <laughs> that was fun to watch. But his clutch, <laughs> that putty hit on eighteen. But anyways, we probably better, you know, move on from golf. <laughs> Let, let's move on. I mean, golf's fun, but it's nothing like our next stuff. Football. <laughs> it's all starting up now, and. You know, we have college football starting today and the NFL, you know, the preseason's wrapping up and about to start. And uh, with every episode, we want to do a big, you know, kind of a 2v1 debate, keep with the theme. And I think that's what we're going to do now is our 2v1 debates. It is now time for the 2v1 debate where anything goes. Let's get it. Let's oh, get yeah. it. Let's get it. <laughs> All right. So we like I said, you know, the NFL preseason's wrapping up. We're still seeing some shocking news. Cam Newton getting released by the Patriots. KJ Wright, my homeboy from 
Seattle getting signed with the Raiders. You know, there's been things happening, and I think the biggest thing that just you know being BYU fans, uh, we like to follow our our homeboys, and we like Taysom Hill. If anyone knows who he is, I'm sure if you're a BYU fan, you know who he is. And if you're a BYU fan a and don't know us, who Hill is, then you're not a BYU fan. Yes, yeah. who, who's or this guy? Fan. Who's this guy? I don't know this no. Taysom Hill. <laughs> don't be playing. We all know you, you fangirl over him. He, Utah fans <laughs> know, even Utah fans know who Hill is. Yeah. <laughs> I just but, know, I just know that he almost won a game, but then we sacked him. <laughs> the goal line sack. We can talk about we, we won't talk that about more that. next week, you know, when we debate BYU Utah. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean let's let's look at this, you know. Taysom, J- Jamison Winston, you know, competing for the new Saints quarterback that we all knew it was Drew Brees for the longest time and now it's it's open and they just announced a few weeks ago uh Jamison Winston is now the starting quarterback. And I actually, you know, agree with that. But Josh and Clint don't and this is it. Let's hear. Let's hear their reasonings. I want to hear why they don't agree with it. Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Josh. You first. Start. I guess I'm first. Yeah. I don't even know why. Why I'm on this side of this. I mean, I'm a Utah fan and 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 supporting a BYU football player. I don't know who I am anymore. But as far as <laughs> but throw BYU outside the outside the window when we're looking at. Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. I mean, Winston was a was a baller at Florida State. I'm not going to disregard that he was a baller. But when it came to the NFL, the transition there, he never really had that talent. I mean, you can you can argue he had Mike as a wide receiver at Tampa Bay, but that was like his only weapon. But he he just never lived up to the hype, in my opinion. And when you look at Taysom Hill and what he's done, he's a utility player. So people can look at him as like, they don't think of him as a quarterback. They just think of him more as a utility player, being on special teams, receiving, running back, you name it. Um, But this is a day and age where now a lot of NFL teams are wanting a mobile quarterback. And that's what Taysom can provide. Jameis could provide it when he was at Florida State, but... Now he's just – I just never think of him as a mobile quarterback now. But at least it's my thing is I'm just biased towards mobile quarterbacks. And Taysom can provide that. I mean, it's the preseason. Taysom Hill's going to be rusty. I know he was rusty during that preseason round. I'll, I'll agree this one point. Winston did play a little bit better. But, again, it's preseason. And so <laughs> we'll see as the regular season goes on. We'll see how he does under this pressure now. Now having this expectation of helping, you know, being the heir to Drew Brees. And so when, when you also pay Taysom Hill like $21 million, your first expectation is he's going to be the guy. He's the next guy. He's the heir to Drew Brees. But now he's just going to sit pretty on the bench, rolling in the dough of the $21 million that he got. See that? So you, said it, you said it, Josh. Jamison Winston played better in the preseason. And preseason, keyword preseason. But it the, doesn't matter in the preseason. The, that's the thing, though. I mean, I I am arguing for Hill, but I do agree with Hauser on the preseason thing. I mean, uh, 
preseason is where you get your job. And that, I mean, we saw Cam Newton get cut. So, you know, so, uh, but the first thing that I would say is, I mean, look at, they, look at what they just paid Taysom Hill. They paid him quarterback money to sit the bench. I mean, <laughs> Uh, but he's not sitting the bench. Well, that's true. He, he, never he, was. he, he is the Swiss Army knife, but um, I just Sean, Sean Payton just he talked he talked him uh, like he wanted Hill to be the the next guy for the whole time the last couple of years, you know. And then they pay him, and then Winston comes in, and he's on what a one year contract. And they give him the starting job. Um, I personally, I just don't think Winston is is reliable. Uh, if you look at what he did at Buccaneers, he really—I mean, he didn't do that much. That's why the Buccaneers let him go and brought Tom Brady in. Dude, he he was throwing five. He threw five thousand yards. Five thousand yards in twenty nineteen, his last season as a Buccaneer. I mean, obviously, you're going to throw him to the side of Tom Brady, the Tom Brady, the GOAT, as much as I hate to say that, the GOAT of football, wants to come down and play for your team. Like, you're going to throw any quarterback away, and then you're going to bow to him and be like, all right, what can I do? But, I mean, Jamison Winston's never had a line. Like, first thing they did for Tom Brady, we'll, we'll go get you a left tackle. It wasn't important for anyone else, but now it is for you. We'll go get you some, a couple better linemen, you know. Well, what's 5,000 yards when you don't win, when you can't win a game? And you don't even make the playoffs and you're third in the division. Exactly. Yeah, but it doesn't take one player. I mean, Tom Brady didn't win all those championships because of him. Like, look at the defense that took him there a few years. All of his freaking wide receivers. He had Randy Moss one year. You know, he has Gronk. Like, Tom Brady wasn't always, you know – the main supporting cast, like he has a lot to do with it, but it, there's 22 players on that field, 11 at a time. It's not just one player that can do it all. I, so I mean, I, go, you know, go ahead. no, uh, no, I just, I look at Taysom. I'm like, okay, he was a quarterback. Did well at BYU, ran a lot. <coughs> Sorry. But, I mean, look at his stats. Like, he doesn't just sit the bench. When Drew Brees was there, he wasn't just sitting the bench. I mean, he was rushing. He was doing a ton of stuff. He ran for almost 500 yards. He's on the special teams. He's not even the main. Yeah, special teams. He had he has he had eight touchdowns, rushing touchdowns last year. He's, you know, caught seven touchdowns as a receiver in the past two years. 2019, he had 234 yards of receiving in 19 on 19 receptions. Like that guy is just versatile in so many ways. And if you have two quarterbacks lined up, they're playing about the same. They're not. I mean, no one's standing out over the other. I you go with the guy that can't do much. Like Jamison Winston, you're not throwing him in on special teams. He's not going to do anything outside of that. Like. He's a quarterback. You throw him <laughs> in. Yeah. And then you can throw Taysom in anywhere. I mean, they're losing Michael Thomas. He's he's probably done for the year and going to be traded. He doesn't want to be there anymore. Like, they have no right receivers. 
Taysom Hill can step up, play a good, decent tight end, and be another receiving option. I think, you know, ultimately this is a good move for the the Saints. I don't think they're going to win their division by all means. They still have to go through the Buccaneers with bringing everyone back. Everyone's got to go through them. They're definitely not going to be as good as years past without Breeze. Well, they don't have Drew Breeze. <laughs> and Michael Thomas. <laughs> yeah, For me, I definitely have... For me, at least, I see a lot of good things coming this year with Tampa Bay than I did at the start. I mean, when when before Brady's first season, I was just like, we'll see what happens. You know, you have the Chiefs. I mean, at the time, like my 49ers, like before all the injuries, we were looking at coming back. And then Tom Brady's just like, yeah, watch this. And then he's just, no words can describe it. Like, he is the GOAT. And so, dude, that guy, he's, he's, he taught us all well, marry rich. So you don't need to make money. So you can have a successful career. Uh, <laughs> That's Josh, the secret of life. <laughs> when you're, when you're looking for a, a goat status, Josh, you look at Tom Brady, you know, and see how many championships he's been to and how many he's won. And then you look at LeBron. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> LeBron's what, four and six, and Tom Brady's seven and three. <laughs> oh, that's I'll good. Say M- I'll say MJ's a go. I <laughs> I am an MJ fan. One, oh, he man. never he never he never pushed off. I'll say that. <laughs> that's a debate for oh, another man. time. <laughs> now we're throwing. All right, all right, all right. Bring it back in. We're now throwing you know stones at each other. <laughs> Throw casting stones. It's getting Cast brutal stones. in here. <laughs> All right. No, no Save can the debate see us for another right. day. <laughs> yeah. No one can see us, but the scowls that Clinton and Josh are giving each other over the, the computer right now. This is a debate for another locations. day. Yeah. Another, another one basketball season is more Yeah, we, uh, we can debate about that then. Before we move on, though, real quick, uh, Josh already mentioned who his NFL team is, uh, 49ers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hauser, tell us who your NFL team is, just so everybody knows. Oh, let's let's get this one straight. It's Seattle Seahawks, just so everyone knows. And I was there, you know, cheering them on before they became good. I was there during the Matt Hasselback, Sean Alexander era, when we, you know, beat the Saints with the Lynch run, Marshawn Lynch, when we were 7-9 and nine in the playoffs, like... That's when Beast Mode came out. I've been the, I've been their fan for a while, so no bandwagoning here. <laughs> Unlike me over here, who doesn't have an I know, NFL team? You're switching. Yeah, you're switching. Switching, I, I, switching I, it up. I was trying to find an NFL team, and I was like, Arizona's close. So I'll be a Cardinals fan, but they haven't done anything. And I'm a BYU fan, so you know the there was a BYU quarterback that you know. If you might have heard, you might have got picked second in the draft. Highest BYU pick ever. Uh, Zach Wilson. Poor kid. To the Jets. And so uh, I've heard that it's a sad, lonely place to be a Jets fan, but I'm going to jump on that on that, <laughs> that train and see where it, it takes me. It used to be as sad. It's as sad as the, being a Browns <laughs> fan, you know, a couple years ago before they actually did something <laughs> with their team. The laughing, the, <laughs> the laughing stock of the NFL for years. The laughing stock of the NFL for years. Right, 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 uh, 
right in front of the the Raiders. Oh, right. You know, and for people that don't know, I'm currently living in Cleveland, so I I'm adopting my the Cleveland Browns as my second favorite team. Um, just because being here, you got to be a Browns fan. And you can't just go, it's the Browns. You got to go, the Browns. Oh, you're learning already, <laughs> huh, Hauser? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm learning. Not converting, just learning. <laughs> so you might hear us talk about some Ohio teams a little bit, too, just because Hauser, you know, that's his, his stomping grounds right now. Speaking got speaking it. of Ohio, we also you also got the the Buckeye Nation of the Ohio State University. The and Ohio State. The Ohio State. That's the thing that people don't recognize. Is a lot of, it's you have to say the Ohio State. I have family in Ohio, they're Buckeyes fans, they're ride and die. And so but that's that's a great segment coming into now talking about the college football season. It's for me it's like Christmas Day. It's for all of us, I should say. I could speak for Clinton Hauser just talking about college football and the excitement that comes from it. And so, oh, yeah. <laughs> you already you already know I've been. I'm going to be looking at all of these scores up, you know, watching all the games, pulling up as many videos and highlight reels of the games that are happening today and all weekend. My Labor Day weekend isn't going to be traveling. It's going to be football. We could you be. Got, Hauser, was watching, Hauser was watching a game before we started the podcast. We had to tell him to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. At the Ohio State. The Ohio State. Hey, they're doing they're doing pretty good. I mean, rank four with a freshman quarterback. We'll see how they do. You know, they're playing a solid team right now. And in Minnesota, Minnesota's been pretty good the past couple of years, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's just like Utah and BYU, it's, you know, college is hard to predict what's going to happen because we don't know. We never know until they start playing. So I'm excited to see what this weekend brings. And then when, you know, Utah and BYU play, we can tell Josh that he's still cheering for the wrong team, the dark side. <laughs> I, th- I think that's and next week, right? Next week, oh, yeah. we, we might have to yeah, have a the big, big holy war. We might have to have a holy war uh, episode. <laughs> here's the funny the holy thing. Lord. Here's the funny thing. Growing up, and here's how I started cheering for Utah. Growing up, I never really cheered for one of one or the other BYU or Utah. I didn't really grow up with a family that necessarily didn't watch college football that much. I was the big college football guy in the family, and so. Um, the reason why I started cheering for the University of Utah is after I graduated a few years ago from SUU, um, I was looking for jobs. I, I applied. I want to work in a university environment. I applied for BYU, UVU, University of Utah. BYU never took me in. UVU never took me in. University of Utah gave me a chance. And I was like, well, I know who I'm cheering for now, and I've been cheering them ever since. But I am pretty optimistic about this year with the transfer from Baylor um, he has experience playing also in the Big Ten Championship, so he's got experience there that he could bring to the table. We got guys returning. Hey, I'm pretty optimistic. Utah has plenty of experience playing in a championship game. They just don't have any experience winning the championship game. And now they're bringing in more experience. And <laughs> all the experience in the world is not going to get them to win the championship. Hey, I mean, BYU has a championship and Utah doesn't. So, I mean... 
Well, I mean, we're not bringing up 1984. Come on, man. <laughs> we were even twinkle in anyone's eyes at that moment. We were, Very true. We weren't, even, we weren't even born. <laughs> we're even close to born. But I mean, I mean, we look at you know Utah joining the Pac-12 years ago, and I'm like, okay, that's a good move. And then they start doing well. They make it the championship game. I'm like, okay, you know, Utah's going to go somewhere. And then they tank. And then they choke. And they choke again. And it's like, what the heck, Utah? Get your crap together. If you're going to represent, you know, the state of Utah, you got to actually do something in the Pac-12. Not well, just play good say- until the championship. Well, I was going to say the same thing for your Cougars last year. You guys had an opportunity to go undefeated and possibly play for the national championship. But then y'all laid an egg against Coastal Carolina. I even watched that game. I wouldn't say we necessarily laid an egg, but if if you aren't aware, they literally packed up in two days and went back to that game. They had no idea they were playing that game. And so they didn't necessarily lay an egg. And we were what? A foot away from winning that game right at the last. So, <laughs> oh, that was a heartbreaking game. We shouldn't have lost that game. No way we should have lost. I we play that game ten times. We we win the next nine. I don't think we you, BYU loses that game with that same team. And then you got but, there. Yeah. Then you got Coastal Carolina over there beating up Zach Wilson and not being called. That was ridiculous. But you know, <laughs> uh, the past hurts. But hey, but there, there's a future now, and BYU has a really good <laughs> schedule and a promising quarterback that Hauser actually has, like, I wouldn't say history with, but he knows what his the family, brother, yeah. The family, yeah. We went to the same high school. His brother, you know, I played with his brother, KJ Hall. He's, he used to play for BYU until he got a few injuries that ended his football career. Now, Jaron Hall's. They're playing quarterback, and he's he's versatile. I think he has just as much talent as Zach Wilson as long as he puts in the work. I think he's smart. He's you know has good ball movement, able to read the field well. Just needs to stay away from those concussions and stay away from the injuries. Learn learn to slide, man. Learn to slide. Learn to slide. But you, you know, learn from a baseball player. <laughs> you you know and he that plays baseball. You know that he uh, that there was quite the quarterback battle there too. I was listening to a podcast today about uh, that Kalani Sataki was talking about him and how big of a battle that was, and how uh, Zach Wilson has changed how the quarterbacks compete there at BYU. And so you you know you know that Jaron Hall is going to give his best because Baylor Romney and uh, I can't remember the other one's name uh, that were competing for that they. Kalani Sataki said it was close, but he said Jaron deserved the start. So we'll see how he plays against Arizona on Saturday. No, I'm, I'm excited for those. But I just, First you know, college my, game in the new stadium in Vegas. There has not been a college oh. game played there. My my wish is I just want who's ever in the Final Four for the college bowl playoffs, just someone new. Oh, please, I mean, please. <laughs> you got Alabama every year. You got Clemson. You got Ohio State, and then you have Ohio a mix of. Oh, I'm gonna say Ohio State can stay in it just because I like Ohio State. Been a fan since Urban Meyer, so Alabama can you know disappear for this year and Clemson, Clemson 
in Oklahoma. Any SEC team, really. Yeah. Somebody well, new, please. And hopefully that 12, <laughs> that 12 get, team get comes through. The, get someone from the Pac-12, even if it is the U, <laughs> or dare I say even Oregon. Like, someone from the Pac-12. <laughs> But I mean, we'll we'll cross that bridge and we'll discuss, you know, the playoffs and once they start coming out with those rankings and we start getting a good idea of how college is turning out. But I think uh, we'll, you know, end and I think every time we end, we're going to end with what we call them as a, we do is- the KSL pick them. He just gives us five sports or five games for NFC football that we can vote on. Choose the score. Keep, it keeps score for us. Who's winning? Who's losing? We're gonna see and records. So this should be fun. So uh, yeah, we we'll just go one game at a time. Yeah, let's do the Boise State and UCF first. Uh, Josh, who do you got winning that one? And score. This one's a pretty easy one. Uh, Boise State, at least for me, growing up in Nevada, you got University of Nevada Reno and Boise State. That's always been a rivalry in the Mountain West. Um, but I'll pick Boise State in this one just because they're always a powerhouse. But it's going to be a close one. I think it'll be 24-17 Boise State. Yeah, I I got Boise State as well. Um, 42-35. Boise just is a good team. And we're going to take a sweep right there on Boise State winning. I have them winning 35-30. And... Moving on down, the next game it has on here is Utah and Weber State, who are playing right now as we record this. But um, I've got them winning. Uh, Ute, the Utes winning 45-17. Uh, it's an F- FBS versus FCS. I don't think Weber State stays close to them. I'll, I'll take this one. I mean, this is an easy pick for me. I know Utah and Weber State played some time ago, and I know they – the the Wildcats got their butts kicked, and so I think it'll be a repeat. Um, I got the Utes winning thirty five to fourteen. There's there's only one team that I can't stand more than Utah, and it's Weber State. You know, being an SCU fan, you you don't like Weber State. No, so I'm, it's just I'm, it's just given. <laughs> I'm cheering Utah. You know, forty eight seventeen. I you know. Looking at the score now, it nineteen ten doesn't look like Utah is doing too hot against Weaver, but who knows? Maybe they'll score a few touchdowns here at the end. I'm confident. Moving on down to the next game, the big one for the week: uh, number three Clemson Tigers versus number five Georgia Bulldogs. How's it? Who do you got winning? Uh, I got a sick with Clemson, man. Their freshman quarterback last year when he stepped up to play when um, Trevor Lawrence was out, he looked good. He did, Clemson didn't miss a beat during those moments, and I think he's just going to step up. Georgia's bringing in a whole new defense, a lot of missing players in Georgia. And yeah, given they're an SEC team, Georgia still has its years where it's not a great team. So I got Clemson uh, 48-27. Josh, what do you got? Who you got winning? This is a matchup I'm excited for. That and Alabama and Miami, but we'll talk about Clemson and Georgia here. But uh, I got Clemson winning. Um, I like their I like their new quarterback DJ. I'm not even gonna say his last name because I know I'll butcher it. 
but he I mean he ain't Trevor Lawrence, but he's got a strong arm. He's he's got a big frame and he's I think he'll take Clemson pretty far. But I Georgia's defense is right there too. I mean it's gonna be back and forth battle, but I got Clemson winning thirty five to twenty eight. I'm going to uh be the first one to disagree and make a two V one here. Uh I've got better. I've I've got Georgia pulling the upset. Uh, here for the first big upset of the year. I've got Georgia winning 24-21 in a close one. What team are what team are you looking at? Hey, we're we're already separating when people listen to us that they they're going to realize that I'm always the correct one and you two are just guessing half the time. <laughs> hey, when, <laughs> especially when it comes to football, but you know. But hey, I've I've been doing this case. I'll pick them for like three or four years, and every time I do it, there's times that I'm like, maybe I should pick an upset here, and I'll pick the upsets at the wrong time. So I'm hoping for the right one, right time this this time around. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with upsets. They they happen. Look, they happen. It's they sports. Happen. Not problem. Not problem with that. Next not one this we time. got. Yeah, next one we got is. Uh, a matchup that we've seen before. We got BYU and Arizona. Hauser, who do you got? I, you know, I like Jaron Hall. I think he's going to do well, and I think it's going to be a close one, but BYU pulls it off 28-25. I'm going to have to agree with you, Hauser. Uh, Arizona's lost 12 games in a row. Uh, They're coming off of not a very good uh, season uh, in the shortened season, 0-5. They do have a new head coach, and so I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to play better than you know than a lot of people think they will. Um, I've got this game being a little closer, uh, 28-21. I, will, I do want to say, though, and shout out uh, to my mom for uh, banking me a BYU fan. Uh, she went to BYU. She played basketball and softball at BYU many years ago. And, uh, she watched BYU football growing when I was growing up, she was always watching it. And so that's why I'm a BYU fan. So I'm going to choose BYU most of the time, but there'll probably be some matchups this year after I see them. that it might be like, it's probably better to choose the other team. But anyways, I've got (laughs) BYU winning 28, 21 in this one. This is the one of the rare occasions that I will um, cheer for BYU. Um, I mean, BYU-Arizona played before. I've just never seen Arizona as more of a football program. I mean, they're, they're always a basketball program, at least that I've seen in history. So I got, I got the Cougars winning this one uh, about 28-17. to 17. And we all know that he's not choosing the Cougars next week. But anyways. Uh... Yep. Let's move on to the next one. Another, there's some more Cougars in this matchup, uh, but we also have Utah State Aggies versus Washington State Cougars. Uh, Josh, tell us who you got winning this one. I just want to sweep in Utah this week. So I got Utah. That's like the main reason why I'm picking Utah State. I just want a Utah sweep for the games this week. Um, I mean, Washington Washington State's a tough out. They've always been a tough out in the Pac-12. But I think Utah State can pull this off. I got them twenty-one-seven. I I disagree there. I think Washington State is just a, always a hard team to play, no matter what year it is. And I think Washington State just 
shows the Aggies who's boss this time and beats them 28-14. This, uh, I actually, Hauser actually influenced me uh, yesterday uh, uh, when we (laughs) were talking about this, but um, I don't know much about Utah State. Uh, I know they, you know, they're, they're, you know, they've went through a few coaching changes in the last little bit. And since Love left, they haven't really had anything at quarterback. So, um, and like Hauser said, Washington's always been strong and they're playing in Washington State. Uh, so I would say uh, it's going to be kind of close, but not super blowout. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm taking Washington State 24-17. <laughs> awesome. I think that concludes all of our, you know, pick'ems for the, the week, um, boys. Next, it's it's next time. Week we'll see yeah. uh, who's who's going to be on top with records and points. <laughs> it's. I think it's time for us to you know call it quits. I think all of our wives are ready for us to be done and go spend some time with them. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I hope everyone that's you know gets a chance to listen to this enjoyed it. If you did, please follow us on Facebook at 2v1 Sportscasts as well. And leave us comments or, you know, questions and let us know what you want us to talk about and debate. We're always willing to have a little argument about anything. Um, But, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, This is Hauser, the host for tonight, and I'm with my friends Josh and Clint. And I hope you enjoy whatever you're doing next. And Have a good one. Please join us next week as we will probably be talking a lot about the Holy War. So, (laughs) Oh, yes. Next week. Holy War. All right. The Holy War. Ten straight. Here we come. (laughs) 